Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. You are standing at the doorway of a cabin on Cashier Creek. Up on the ridge, the bloodhounds have caught your scent. And between you and a fortune, between you and escape, yawn the white jaws of a deadly cottonmouth. Escape, produced and directed by William N. Robeson, and carefully contrived to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Tonight we escape to the worn-out acres of a poor white trash farmer somewhere in the southern mountains in Irvin S. Cobb's great tale of vengeance, Snake Doctor. This story is about snakes and two men. One man was afraid of snakes and the other wasn't. The one who wasn't was known along Cashier Creek as Snake Doctor. His cabin was near the creek bottomland where there was a powerful lot of cottonmouths. And he earned his meager living by rendering down their soft fat, bottling the oil, and selling it. For everyone knew there was no remedy for rheumatism like snake oil. Snake Doctor was harmless enough. But there were folks who honestly believed that he was a colleague of Beelzebub just because he wasn't afraid of snakes. And that's not all they believed about him. Now, uh, the man who was afraid of snakes was Jafe Morner, who was Snake Doctor's nearest neighbor. Jafe was the kind of man we all know who suspected, feared, and hated anything he didn't understand. And he understood neither Cottonmouths nor the Snake Doctor. In short, Jafe was ornery, ignorant, and shiftless. He'd rather shoot squirrels and chop cotton. He'd rather fish than hoe corn. And that's just what he's doing now, fishing down the big hole with his son and heir, Finney, who's old enough but not quite bright enough to handle a gun. Miss him, doggy! Benny, you plain fool! I told you not... He gets in the creek! What? Well, the cotton mouth! Tramp on him in front the of you! Cotton mouth? What? Where the fuck? Oh, no, you hard. got him! You got him! Keep your foot on him while I fish the stick! You don't need to, son. There he's dead. Now, come here. How'd you hear anything of that rifle, Paul? I had a beat drawn on him right, and you I couldn't... You damn fool! <laughs> oh, Paul! Oh. blame snake whilst I'm a-fishing. Heck, you were stunning yourself not more than to there from you. How'd you like to get yourself bit? Won't be no fish around here to thunderation after all that racket. Well, come on, let's go home and get us some fiddles. <laughs> tossed his bait can into the creek and threw a stick after it. 
We stood there watching the stick drift slowly toward the big hole, where the creek widened behind a jam of driftwood. Jake watched as the eddy caught the stick and sucked it beneath the dam. Jake was curious. He moved downstream a rod or two and waited, watching the water boil up from under the driftwood. But the stick didn't come up. That was strange. Must have caught under there in a tangle of water-soaked and sunken logs. Probably it'd stay there for months. Maybe stay there always. Jave considered this, and an idea began to form in his slow mind as he and Trini started home. Hey, Pa. How much oil you reckon in this one? Pa? Pa? What you jawing about, son? This old cotton man. How much oil Throw it re- down. Throw it down? Why? I'm Throw a- it down like I say. I'll make oh, you wish. Oh, I was aiming on rendering the old cottonmouth fat like the snake doctor does. Maybe sell it and make myself some money. I don't like a squirming things around me. But it's dead. Leave it where it drops. Now, come on home. You scared on cottonmouth, Paul? I know better than to get myself bit by him. Chip Bailey knowed a fella got himself bit once. There wasn't a drop of liquor for miles. So he goes to work and cuts open the live chicken and puts it by his leg where the bite was. And fella lived, too. Yeah. Reckon Mr. Rives ever gets himself bit, Paul? Handling cottonmouths like he does? Who? Mr. Rives. Who? Mr. Rives. That's old Snake Doctor's real name. Ma says I oughtn't to call him Snake Doctor. Never mind what your ma says. Nobody in my family's calling no snake-loving scum Mr. Rise. Heck, that's what I say. So I see what you do. Sure, Pa. No, I could have made myself some money rendering that cottonmouth fat down into oil. How much you reckon old snake doctor makes out in the oil he sells? I don't know. Tip Bailey says old snake doctor's got more than a thousand dollars hid away somewhere in his cabin. <laughs> more than that, most likely. Cussed old miser don't spend nothing. Ain't got nothing save that old rack of bones mare. Tip Bailey says whenever old snake doctor sets foot out in his place, he's got the granddaddy of all cotton mouths that he leaves out in the cabin to stand guard on his money. Yeah. Tip Bailey says you see old snake doctor put him in his pocket. Live cotton mouth. Snake doctor ain't fitting to be alive itself. Oh, Ma says he ain't bad. Says he don't mean nobody harm. Your Ma better be careful who she's associating with. She says you don't have good sense. Had the fever too much, she says. You ever been in the snake doctor's cabin, Paul? I don't have nothing more than I have to to do with that snake-loving hoodoo. Chip Bailey says he bet wouldn't be no task at all for some no good to poke around in the snake doctor's shack and find all the money and make off with it. Huh. Oh, this blame son done near rendering me down. Look at my head, full of sweat, Paul. Here, look here. Uh, See? Then there a gourd full of sweat come off me. But why turn down that way, Pa? It's come on noon. Dinner be most ready. I'm going to tell a snake-loving hoodoo that there's some of them cottonmouths on the creek side of our deadening. Oh, heck, he knows that. I'm going to tell him he's got my leave to catch him. You don't need to come along if you don't want it. Well, if you're going over to his place, I'd kind of like to see it my own there.
morning, Paul. He ain't so home. I'll see the show this step by now. I reckon so. Can you see any of the snakes? I told you to keep an eye out for him. I bet it's in one of them chinks, Paul. I bet the money. I ain't looking for no money. Must be a dang snake itself living in a place like this. Paul, I know you ain't looking for any money, but if and you was, wouldn't you look in that chink right up there? Uh, where, son? Right there, second log by the fireplace on the right. You see that there hole? Yeah. I reckon I would look up there. Well, since we're here. Might as well see for myself. Oh, I wouldn't be a mite surprised if old snake got there. Huh? Somebody's out on the porch. It's the snake doctor. Well, you're looking for something, Chief Mourner? Uh, yeah, I was looking for you. What, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Look here, you old hoodoo. What's the idea of sneaking up on folks who took the trouble to come all the way down here to do you a favor? Like as not that old snake doctor had a dang moccasin squirting around in his pocket. We'll see us talking to you, Pa. Did, did you mind how his eyes was when he come in? Uh, dang, if it wasn't blazing like like when you run across a little rabbit or a cat in the dark. Give me out of ten years' growth, dang, if it didn't. And did you mind how I kept looking up at the wall where I said I bet he had money? Between the chinks Benny. up it, huh? Benny, don't you say nothing to your ma about us being at the snake doctor's place, you understand? Why should I, Just pa? don't. And don't you go nigh it again. Cuss old vomit, you'd have thought we was prowlers the way you acted. Benny, if you're out there... Yeah, ma. Dinner about ready. You pull up with your time? Yeah. Have I time enough for dinner to go down the spring and get me some more cold water? Benny, you're you're drunk, you Hurry it up, son. I'm hungry. How do you think I can catch fish with Finney firing off my gun at Cottonmouth all the time? Uh, ain't there heat more than the body can bear? No. Yeah. Any cooler by the creek? No. Well, that poor old Miss Rides come by here a spell ago. My knife shook the pieces with a chill. Oh, he come by, did he? Well, did he come in? Just for a minute. Just for a minute. What do you want? He wanted could have given him something for his ailment. He just about could drag one side foot for the other. Barely could make it up here from his place. I reckon he must be down bed with the fever by now. I can tell by the touch it was rising in him when he left here and started back home again. I gave him a dose out in our butler's acre drop. I would have given him a little smidge of liquor. Oh, that. you would, huh? Oh, please don't, Jay. <coughs> oh, don't show up me. <coughs> Mr. Rye. Mr. Rye. How many times I gotta tell you that the old hoodoo's name is Snake Doctor? He don't mean nobody no harm. Him at its skin allows for its hiding talent, and you calling him Mr. Rye. You'll be calling him Honey and Sugar next. Well, without I learn you better.
What's his name now? Well, what's your poor Mr. Rive name now? Kizzy Mourner rubbed the ugly red welt on her scrawny arm and gave the frying pan full of sizzling side meat a hopeless nudge. She prayed that the weight of the victuals might take the edge off Jake's temper. Finney slouched in from the spring and saw the mark on her arm. Bobby whomping you again, Ma? She didn't answer. What'd you do this time? She silently dished up the hardback and cornbread for her two men, and while they sat at the table, she ate on her feet, serving them between bites, as was the custom in the Mona household. After dinner, Finney stretched out under the chinaberry tree and Kizzy sat on the porch, fanning herself and dipping snuff with a peach twig, scouring it back and forth on her gums. Jafe took his ease on the floor of the back room, but he didn't sleep. One thing he'd seen that day, and another thing he'd heard, he was adding them together. That stick that had disappeared under the log jam, and the snake doctor's money. It was four o'clock before any of them stood, and then Jabe spoke to his wife for the first time since noon. Where's that there pile of drinking, Mr. Kizzy? By the window. You took it out in your pocket after you laid down. I ought to carry a vial of drinking liquor with me, Ma. I might get bit by an old moccasin as soon as Paul would. Well, you better not let me catch you. You find it, Jabe? I just remembered I won't be needing to tow no spirits along with me while I'm going. I wouldn't take no chance, Jake. There's one cottonmouth bite. Cottonmouth's all down the slashes, elk along a creek. Well, I'll be this evening's up on Bailey's Ridge in the high ground. You're fixing to go shooting? I aim to gun me a chance of young squirrels between now and dusk time. Reckon I'll come along, Paul. You're staying here, son. Oh, dang it. Be steaming in the place when the rain comes down. Paul, you might be needing you me. You stay here. Kizzy set me up a snack of cold supper on the shelf. Likely I won't get back to his plum tart. Jafe Mourner turned north through his struggling cornrows, and in a minute he was lost from sight. He kept on for nearly a mile until he came to a wild red mulberry tree. Where mulberries are, they're bound to be squirrels. Very neatly, he shot two young greys through the head. But Jafe was a master marksman. And uh, unsuspected by any who knew him, Jafe had another quality denied most of his kind. He had an imagination. Today it was in excellent working order. He tied the brain squirrels together and swung them over his shoulder. If needed, they would be his alibi. Then he sat down under a tree a while. Yeah, I got plenty of time. Don't need to get down to Snake Doctor's place with Bob Dusk when he comes out to feed that swayback mare of his. <laughs> Mr. Zyde. He sat out two brisk 
thunder showers and the intervals between them. Then he started off in a wide arc down Bailey's Branch along the skirts of Little Cypress Flats to the sunken flat edging Cashier Creek. Took more than an hour careful traveling before he came to his destination, a screen of haw bushes, less than 50 yards behind the snake doctor's cabin. No matter how ailing he is, he'll get up and come out to feed that rack of bones mare, Mr. Ryan. I'll learn him to go colleaguing around another man's woman. James Warner let his jealousy heat him to a white hatred. At this moment, he was avenging his honor, and thus was spared the embarrassment of admitting to himself that the real reason he was here was the snake doctor's money hidden behind the log by the fireplace. The home-wrecking, snake-loving farmer. Ten minutes and I'll chunk him down the big hole in the creek like I did that stick this morning, and he'll go down and never come out. And nobody will miss him. Nobody will know he's gone for at least by a week, maybe a month. Maybe if I get around to it, I might come back this way someday. Poke around that cabin of his. Jafe Mourner's speculations were cut short. The cabin door opened, and a figure stepped out into the growing dusk and walked toward the stable. He saw the snake doctor's loppy old straw hat and his dark coat drawn over a pair of hunched, narrow shoulders. At this distance, he couldn't miss. And he didn't. The figure just backward and then went face forward. Jake started for him, and then he stopped. His eyes bugged. His mouth formed a scream that he couldn't utter. His rifle dropped to the ground. He had just killed the snake doctor, killed him dead with a thirty-two caliber slug through the head. And there on his door sill stood Snake Doctor, whole and sound and staring at him. Jace Mourner, what you done? The scream came at last, but Jace Mourner had seen the devil. This Snake Doctor who rose alive from his bullet-riddled body. Jace whirled and ran into the deep, darkening woods, whimpering like a whipped puppy as he tore through the brush. Escaped. He must escape. He must get under the shelter of a sound roof, have the protection of four walls around him. So he ran and ran for hours. It was close to midnight when he came out on a dirt road a short distance southeast of his deadness. Beyond the next bend, he'd be inside a home. Then he stopped. Around the bend, coming toward him, was a joggling light, a lantern hanging on a buggy. Jake flattened himself in a clump of brush to hide until the traveler passed. And then, just as the rig was opposite him, he heard a call coming from the other direction. Oh, there. Oh, now, Billy. Oh, me and Davis Ware. Is that you, Chip, Billy? Yep. Open it out from the junction. Tolerable tide, if anyone should ask you. What brings you out this time of night, Davis? Somebody say? Heck, nothing. There's been hella popping in these here bottoms tonight. Dirty boy, I'm scared. Yeah, what you mean? A killing. That's what I mean. A dirty, cold-blooded killing if ever was one. Don't say. Who's gotten killed? I'm a victim to Um, It happened just around dusk time at old Snake Doctor's place. Yeah? Well, Jim was killed? Now, just give me time. Yeah? Yeah. It seems like Snake Doctor's been a killing lately. Uh-huh. Pretty bad off today. Yeah, I mean yesterday and... So long about five o'clock, when the rain was a-lulling a little bit, why, why, Miss Kitty Morning, see, she, 
she floated it down from her place to his and fetching some physic with her. He had to play the hot diddle. Miss Moore's a mighty sorry one for doing things for folks. Uh, don't you want to hear this? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, seems like she, she wasn't afraid of the snake doctor's place. Well, I'd have been all over that. Well, pretty soon after she got there, seems like he tried to get up out of his bed to go feed that old crow bait nag of his. Uh-huh. Raina started in again, but then just pouring down hard, so... She, she made him stay where he was at, and she put on his old hat and throwed his old coat around her to keep off the rest of the wet. And then she started out the back door to do the feeding yeah. herself. Yeah. And no more than she got outside and a shot come from the edge of the woods, and down she went with a bullet through her brain. Killed her. Dead as a dog. But who done it? What, that low-flung husband of hers done it. That's who? He must have followed her down to Snake Doctors and then just laid in wait for her. They shouldn't twice him, then. Why, sure thing. Snake Doctor jumped up when he heard the shot and... He catched a quick look at Jeff over the fence. He did. Yeah, there was a long streak on Kitty's arm where he must have whooped her at the earn of day. Well, hanging's a sight too good for him to catch him. No, but they will. Some thinks that he's made for the slashes and hit out there. Tracks led off that away. Uh-huh. Oh, there'd be a line of men throwed all the way around Little Cypress for something. Sheriff got there yet? No, but he's due any minute with his sack of dogs. They telephoned in from Gallant Mills that he's on his way. That trail ought to lay good, ground being damp like it is. So sure. Old Snake Doctor, he's crying on and raving around up at Mourner's place that the Lord's going to strike the murder down his track. <laughs> I'm putting my main confidence in them bloodhounds. Uh, on them first, and then maybe on the South Plow line and limb betray. Yeah, it's more certain. Yeah, yeah. I'm just putting out for my place to fetch my oldest boy. I wouldn't want him to miss a lynching. Uh, it's good side crowd up there already. I'll go up and join him. i got a pistol here in my hip pocket. Oh, Miss Morning. She always was Kizzy. a good-hearted, hard worker. She's dead. A shot, Kizzy. Did you hear something just there? Huh? Oh, I can't say I did. Uh, probably a rabbit breaking through the brush. Yeah, listen, listen. Huh? Sheriff, they're coming. You can hear them hounds of hills. Not got to hurry. Get up there, Bobby. Well, you back to Morning. Why, you sure will. Jeff didn't have time to waste Morning, his dead wife. He was even a little relieved to know that the snake doctor wasn't the devil incarnate. He had a chance against a lynch mob and a pack of bloodhounds. This was the kind of antagonist he could understand and outsmart. Dave's imagination went to work again as he backtracked along the creek bottom in the spotty moonlight. Gotta throw them dogs off the trail. Gotta wade the creek even if it is full of cotton mouths. They must be all around me now. The folks said they don't strike in the water. Well, I hope them folks are right. Gotta get back to the snake doctor. Get his money while he's still up at my place with Kizzy's remains. Get his money, then the rest will be easy. Make for the deep timber. Cross country's river. Make it by tomorrow sundown. Hire a shanty boater to ferry me to the Arkansas side. Get a haircut and catch a train for summer's else. Gotta get Snake Doctor's money first. Snake Doctor's cabin was dark and empty when Jay reached it, and he needed light for his search. There were a few dull embers in the fireplace he threw on some kindling, but it didn't light. Very well, he knew where the chink was. He'd find it in the dark. He scrambled at the log, felt the bark in, felt the clay mortar crumble under his fingernails. Here it was. A hole big enough for a man's arm. He plunged his hand into it, touched something slick and smooth, and then something sharp plunged into his thumb. <laughs> <laughs> that 
Fire flickered to life. Jake yanked his hand out of the hole, saw two tiny bleeding punctures in his thumb. At the mouth of the hole stretched the wide open jaws of a cotton mouth. It worked fast. He felt the pain leaping from his thumb to his hand, seeping up his arm. He only had some liquor. He had a fresh killed chicken to slap on the wound. He had nothing. Then a sharp, horrible pain wrenched his heart. And a second. And there in the firelight, the huge cottonmouth poised in its crevice. <laughs> Jace leaped out of the shack and started blindly for the timber. Staggered, stumbled, and pitched forward on his face. His open mouth full of weeds and muddy grass stems. The cramping fingers of his outstretched right hand almost touching a reddish-black smear on the wet, trampled grass. Good riddance, Bart Gravy. That's good riddance. I'd call it that, wouldn't you, Dr. Bradshaw? Well, I reckon there's sort of a rough justice in the way he died. But look, look, his hand reaching out just about touches the blood where his woman fell. And this has been quite a night, Davis. I've just examined the body of a man who appears to have been killed by snake bite. Killed good and quick, too, judging by the evidence. Well, Doc, ain't that the way a cotton mouth always does kill a man suddenly? I always hear tell it. Never mind what you hear. I'm going by the facts. I've been practicing medicine in this county for going on to 46 years. And I tell you that in all my life, I've never known but two or three people actually being bitten by water moccasins. And until tonight, I never had the personal knowledge of anybody dying from a bite of any kind of a snake. Well, is that a fact? Hey, what's going on over there, Doc? Uh, is that mourner's boy kicking up the fuss? Yeah, he's no good, just like his foe. Hey, what's the trouble, Tip? I'm going to kill a snake and bit in my paw. Men, I'm going to give that old snake doctor a weapon for keeping a reptile in this place. Here, Paul, God, guess what it is you, Fanny. Snake doctor ain't to blame, though. He's a hoodoo devil. Now, look here, boy. Uh, Mr. Rives promised all his savings, nearly $100 to pay for burying your ma decent. Now, uh, that's how much he thought of it. Now, now, go on home, behave yourself. Yeah, go on, Fanny. Ain't Somebody ought to kill that reptile and bit my paw, and I'm going to do it. Hey, Doc, just a minute ago, you started to say something about snake bite not killing. Uh, how you account for Jafe here? Well, the late Jafe Mourner had a rotten, bad heart, Davis. Oh, he sure did. Yes, he proves that. No, I don't mean in that sense. I mean there was an organic weakness. A curious thing, though, there was no swelling anywhere. Well, there's them two marks on his thumb. Them snake gashes like some I've seen. Now, that doesn't explain how... What? Hey, it's Billy Mourner. That fool kid, come on, Doc, he's probably shot somebody. I shot at him. I shot at him, but I didn't hit him. He's going to get me like he got the ball. Hey, come on, Doc, to... come on. He said he was he shot at something in the cabin. Well, I, I don't see anything. Oh, Finney's had enough happen to him yesterday to upset even a bright boy. So we can Oh. Oh, there it is. Uh, what? A- that cotton mouth up trying to hold that law. Oh, oh that. The snake doctor told me about that vomit. Uh, look at him closer, David. Oh, no, sir, he not uh, me. Go no, ahead, I... go ahead. It's just a stuffed snake. Uh, uh, yeah. Snake doctor believes in precautions, because that hole's where he hides his money. 
That snake could scare anybody away who didn't know it was stuff. But just to be sure, old snake doctor lined the hole with coils of barbed wire. Uh, oh, 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 I see. You think that them marks on Jay's thumb was, uh, was got off of the barbed wire, huh? That could be. Lot stronger hearts than Jafe Mourners would have stopped beating at a scare like that. Well, I'll be sweet. Old Snake Doctor's a cute one, ain't Escape, produced and directed by William N. Robeson, has brought you Snake Doctor by Irvin S. Cobb. Adapted for radio by Fred Howard, who also played Doc Bradshaw. With Bill Conrad as Jace, Paul Freeze as Finney, Ruth Parrott as Kizzy. Martin Yarborough played Davis, Louis Van Ruten played Snake Doctor and Tip Bailey. The original musical score was conceived and conducted by Cy Fuhrer. Next week, you are alone in a remote old world village inhabited by cat people. And you are desired by a beautiful cat girl who wants your soul. Next week, we escape with Algernon Blackwood's eerie story titled Ancient Sorcerers. Good night, then, until the same time next week when we again offer you Escape. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week. The Columbia Broadcasting System.